I want to uh, begin by giving God the credit, the glory, and the honor. <laughs> I hadn't even noticed until this morning, but uh, Sunday in the service, you know, we had the healing service after the word, and uh, I was gloriously and marvelously healed of two different things, myself. And uh, one was kind of a nuisance thing, pain in my feet that would come and go, you know, and I'd fight it with Colossians 2.15, Galatians 3.13, but, <laughs> and then a, a big deal that uh, I, I can recall walking Derek and Christina's driveway and praying about it. It, it was a big deal, uh, something down inside me. And uh, I didn't even notice until today. I was out walking and praying. I thought, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Thank God Almighty, I'm healed. So the key to the whole thing is to put the word out there and then to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and create an atmosphere for God to move. And I'll rehearse this Sunday, but the two biggest things to me Sunday were that it's the nature of God to heal because Satan wants to con us into thinking that we have to be good enough or we have to earn it or we have to deserve it. It's the nature of God to heal. And then that sentence with three key words, to be ready and willing to receive. Be ready and willing to receive. Now, I'm going to take us down a financial path tonight, but the same thing is true there. To be ready and willing to receive. We've been asking the question the past couple of Wednesday evenings, what is faith? And we've been pointing out that the word believe is a verb. It's an action word, and it means to act upon the word of God. Believing is acting on the word. Now, I feel compelled to rehearse a couple of reasons why this is so important because there are ministers and they would they never talk about taking action on the word of God and they would lead you to believe that problems can be solved by the laying on of hands problems can be solved by the anointing of oil problems can be solved by a January Daniel fast and the obvious example is that laying hands on you is not going to solve not saving money Anointing you with oil is not going to solve not saving money. Uh, a January Daniel fast is not going to solve not saving money. See, uh, I think, I think, and I thought I began the service by, by giving credit to the atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can move. I'm not negating that. Uh, Back up at I-30, I used to teach it this way, and I wasn't sure I was teaching it right until I heard John Osteen rehearse the exact same thing. He used to call it, leave no stone unturned. In other words, I do everything I can do in the natural. I get to the line of everything I can do in the natural, and then I believe God. And so to me, that's part of this thing of taking action, whether it's counting calories, uh, saving money, honoring God with my money, in other words, everything I know to do and get right up to that line, and then I believe God. Because if I don't do what I can do 
and I'm trying to believe God, my heart's going to condemn me. I'm not saying God's going to condemn me. I'm saying my own heart's going to condemn me. Can you see that? And I'm going to have trouble believing God. And so believing is, is acting on the word. And faith is the result of this action. Now, these two sentences, I think, are the key. Believing is acting on the word. And the result of acting on the word is faith. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna rehearse something this evening that I think we probably rehearse about once a year, but we need it. And this is why only taking action on the word of God builds faith. There's no other way to build faith. You know, I've got, I've got a rack of weights and you know, my son-in-law laughs at it. And I, I'm never gonna lift some of that stuff. Some of that stuff's never been lifted until since the rack was set up. But, but they, don't, they don't sell like old man weight sets. They sell like, they sell like weight sets. And so I bought the weight set. But, uh, you know, uh, but, but there's no point in me going to that bottom row on the right and the heavy stuff. No point in doing that. In other words, I got to start where I can. Do you understand that? And then every so often, you know, I might, I might go up five pounds. I do the same thing with the machines. There's no point, there's no point in, in trying to, do more than you're able to do at any given point in time. But the, my, my, my illustration is this. The only way to build muscle is to take action. Right. And they call, they call it resistance training. And so I've got, to, I've got to lift something or I've got to pull or I've got to take some kind of action and I build muscle. The same thing is true with faith. The only way I can build faith is by taking action, action on the word of God. Now, the opposite is also true. When we hear the word of God and we refuse to take action on the word of God, we harden our hearts. And we saw in Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4, over and over and over and over and over, the apostle says, do not harden your hearts like they did back then. You know, the children of Israel crossing the desert. When we hear the word of God, and we refuse to take action on the word of God, it creates hardness of heart. Now, Jesus himself acted on the word of his father. You know, we, we read over these verses, and we, we kind of go to the word of God with colored glasses on, and we miss some of what the word says. John 14, 7, don't you believe that I am in the father, and the father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. In other words, he was getting his information somewhere. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. It is the Father living in me who is doing the work. So Jesus himself was taking action on the word that he was getting from his Father. Now, I'm going to explain to you this evening. Let's go down a financial path. And I'm going to explain to you this evening how Isaiah 119 works. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. I love the living Bible. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. You know, one of my regrets is I never kept a journal. And I was thinking today that it'd be, I, I could probably do a, a, a book or at least a booklet on what Lester Summerall taught us in our living room. But back in the 90s, one of the things Lester Summerall taught us in our living room was just do the next right thing. 
Tell your neighbor, just do the next right thing. Tell the neighbor on the other side, just do the next right thing. You see, because sometimes these mountains seem daunting. It could be a physical thing. It could be a problem in your body. It could be a financial thing. And it can seem daunting. And he, he, would, he taught us, just do the next right thing. Now, last Wednesday evening, I was talking about taking action on the written word of God and then following that up by taking action on the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. And I use this 55 acres the church owns on U.S. Highway 287 and Eden Road as an example. So I looked it up. When I was preaching in Mombasa, Kenya in February of 1997, the Lord challenged me to give $500,000 to missionary Bud Sickler because that was the estimated price for the roof on his planned 5,000-seat auditorium in Mombasa, Kenya. God said to me, this is what he said to me. Now, I did write this down. I wrote some things down along the way, but I wasn't very diligent at it. But he did, he, I did write this down. He said to me, if you will do this for me, if you will cause another man's dream and vision to come to pass, if you will cause Bud Sickler's dream and vision to come to pass, if you will put Bud Sickler's dream and vision ahead of your own, I will give you anything you want. That's what he said to me. That's what he said to me. Now, somebody might have argued with me about that in February of 97, but I, I think it'd be very hard to argue with that in October of 2023. Amen. He said to me, you don't think you can do it, but I'm telling you, you can do it. Now, that's my daddy. I don't, sometimes I wonder, who are people praying to? Because I hear them talk about God. I don't even know who they're talking about. But my daddy, my, my, my father, he life coaches me. And he told me that day, he said, you don't think you can do it, but he said, I'm telling you, you can do it. And actually, that was the key sentence on me taking action and saying yes, because he told me I could do it. I, and, and listen, 1997, I don't know how old I was. What was I, 31 years old, maybe? 1997, 36 years old. But at least I knew this. I wasn't that far along, but at least I knew this. Don't be telling God what he cannot do. And don't be telling God what you cannot do. Tell your neighbor, don't be telling God what God cannot do and don't be telling God what you cannot do because he is the all things are possible God. Now we had just, and, and so I said, okay. So we had just paid off our first building at I-30 and Fielder Road in July of 1996. We had a celebration tailgate party at that September. And we needed more land. But to buy more land, we needed cash. You got to have 20. I don't care who you are. You got to have 20% cash to buy land. And here comes God in February of 1997 and tells me to give Bud Sickler $500,000, which turned into $600,000, which in 2023 dollars is $3.566 million. And I could have I told God, you know, you got to be kidding me. I could have told God we can't afford that. I looked it up. You know how much money this church had on hand February of 1997? $155,714.50. And God wanted us to give away $500,000, which turned into $600,000. I could have said to God, are you kidding me? Or like they say in New Jersey, forget about it. <laughs> but I didn't. I simply chose to not tell the Lord what we couldn't do. I simply chose to not think like the world and act like the world and talk like the world when it comes to money. And I have an advantage. Sue and I have an advantage. I have to admit it. I got to confess it. We have an advantage most people don't have. 
And the advantage we have, most people don't have, is from the very get-go, we took our faith and we took our Christian walk seriously. It wasn't like a hobby. And then also, I have a great advantage a lot of people don't have, and that is this. I understand I am a servant. And most people don't know that. They think they're this, they think they're that. I, I, we knew all along we were servants. Hallelujah. Somebody might say, I, I don't want to be a servant. Yeah, but it's a heck of a life be a serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'll tell you what. And I'll tell you, he pays his help. I, I, I'm telling you, he pays his help. Amen. Amen. So you have to understand, though, I mean, $155,714.50, you have to understand that even if you're breaking even, that's nothing. With all these employees and you got two payrolls a month, it takes a certain amount of cash just to cross 30 days even if you're breaking even. And so God comes along and says to give this missionary a half million dollars. Well, that's nuts. But I just handled it like I handle everything else in life. And that is, I just began, I just started. See, a lot of folks, you see, you know, they're saying, well, well, when, when the money comes in, I'll do this. And when the bonus comes in, I'll do that. When I make this much money, I'll do this. And it doesn't work like that. No, you got to head out. You got to start. And I handled it like everything else. I just started. I just took action. I just headed out. And uh, it took 16 months. Amazing, isn't it? Just 16 months, we knocked that out. And then the Lord said to me to set aside a million dollars for the new millennium. And remember, we needed land. And you got to have 20% down to buy land. Setting aside that million dollars went slower than I hoped. I mean, it was slow. And I was getting discouraged because it was going slow. But then Kenneth Hagin himself, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, said to us on October 16, 1998, you have thought it wasn't going to come to pass, thinking I must not have heard aright. But thus saith the Lord, it shall shortly come to pass, and you shall rejoice at last. So rejoice in faith ahead of time and be glad. And that's really the key to everything. He said, rejoice in faith ahead of time and be glad. It's because, you know, it was going slow. And that then Kenneth Hagin turned and said to me, whatever he's been talking to you about, it's time for it to come to pass. It shall arrive at last. Yet it was another three years before we were even able to buy this current land that we own. You see, that's why you have to rejoice ahead of time and be glad. Because Satan's going to come along and give you all kinds of opportunities to get down and blue and discouraged and whatever. And then in the middle of trying to obey God and set a million dollars aside for the new millennium, January of 2000, Bud Sickler called. And of course, you heard this story. He needed another $100,000 because Kenya would not allow the steel in from South Africa duty free. And you've heard me tell the story. I objected. Uh, but the Lord said to me, what, I mean, I, I, I was polite to him. Listen, one of the greatest secrets in my database 
of knowledge is this right here. You must, people don't like that word must. I would highly recommend to handle men who have served God for decades genteely because he doesn't have that many. And so I would never have objected to Bud. I said, Bud, I'll call you back. I hung up the phone and I objected to Father God. Aren't you afraid of doing that? Well, he knows everything anyway. You know, he, he knew that, that I, was, I was focused on this million. And now Bud wants another hundred. But anyway, so the Lord said to me, what kind of partner are you? Are you the kind of partner who only goes part way? He said to me, to do what I put in your heart to do. Now you have to understand, I'm sitting, in, I mean, I'm standing there at the phone. I mean, I hang up the phone. I'm standing in my office. It got my attention. I was standing up. I, I, I hung up the phone. I'm sitting in a little shoebox office in a little shoebox church in a little nothing Concerned about $100,000. And the Lord, <laughs> the master of the universe says to me, to do what I put in your heart to do, you'll need partners who will stand with you all the way until the last building is built and the last bill is paid. Amen. Amen. And, and on that day, January, I don't know what it was, 2000, my mind could not have comprehended this. My mind could not have comprehended this. And he said, see, there are men here tonight and, and God, that's what God wants you to be. Men that will stand with me until the last building's built and the last bill is paid. Amen. Then God gave me the challenge of my life and a principle to live by. Oh my God. I, I love his word, the written word of God, and the spoken word of God. And it's my life. And he said to me, before you can have that, you must first be that. What a principle. I mean, that is like, nothing God has ever said to me is equal to the written word of God. But if that were in the Bible, it wouldn't be a shocker. I mean, that is truth. To have that, you must first be that. And God told me the Sunday to receive the offering and how to receive it. And I stood to the plate and it, it just took one Sunday to raise that $100,000 and following the instructions of the Holy Spirit, receiving the offering on the Sunday he gave me to receive it and the, doing the offering the way he said to do it. I had the $100,000 before I went to lunch. And uh, the next Sunday, I was scheduled to go to Kenya anyway, but the next Sunday, Bud Sickler went to be with the Lord. I mean, what, a, what, what kind of a punk? That was 23 years ago. I would have lived under a heck of a guilt trip for 23 years if I had said, no, Bud, I can't do that. But I, I called him up. You know, they give me the news on Monday. I probably called him Monday or Tuesday. I said, I'm, I'm coming. I'll be there on this set day, and I'll have the money. I got it. Amen? And he went to be with the Lord. 
Now, if the Archangel Michael himself had come to me at Bud Sickler's building dedication in April of 2000 and told me that because I'd given Bud Sickler that $600,000, which in 2023 dollars, that's $3.56 million, and it passed the money test, that just six years hence, in 2016, I would move my ministry into a $16 million campus and facility, I wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't have believed it. And I'm a faith guy. I mean, if, if Michael had pulled the curtain back and allowed me to see this, I wouldn't have believed it. And I'm a faith guy. See, the one I serve, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. More than we can ask or imagine. And if you're hardwired like I can, like I am, I can ask and I can imagine a lot. But I couldn't have seen this. I couldn't have seen this. Then, as I said, sometime in 1998, God had told me to set aside a million dollars for the new millennium. So I instantly began taking on action on that. And uh, we didn't make it by December 31st, 2000. It took until, oh, golly gee whiz, you know, I didn't reach my goal on time. Yeah, it took until April 2001. But I still got it done, praise the Lord. I obeyed God, took action, and got it done. So that was April of 2001. And then I was in Africa preaching in June of 2001, just two months later. I mean, I'm walking the same path and nearly at the same place on the path that I'd walked in 1997. June 2001, the Lord spoke to me, said, go home and buy land. I want you to see, see, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lie that my, you know, I'm waiting for my ship to come in. I got news for you. Like Zig Ziglar used to say, there ain't no ship coming in because you never sent one out. Amen. See, in other words, it's step by step, line upon line, precept upon precept. And then here's the other thing. <clears throat> you can't do the great big impossible thing until you do this little tiny impossible thing. See, it's, it's one impossible. And then when you take action on the written word of God, or you take... See, one of my problems is, I'm thinking about one of our big givers went to be with the Lord in 2014. And, and I'd be up there at I-30 in that little room. And, and he would come to me and he'd say, Pastor, we got to get you out of this little room. Because he says, it's, it's too much anointing for this little room. But... I'm thinking we got the same problem again because it's, it's just strong. What I'm saying is strong that when, when the Lord gives you an assignment and you do it, you get strong. See, but not, not like ultimate strong, stronger. Then the Lord comes along and he tells you to do something else. See, it is taking action on the word that brings faith. Say it out loud. It is taking action on the word that brings faith and then you take the next step and you get stronger or weaker you get stronger and then you obey God oh there's that four letter word nobody wants to hear about 2023 you obey God again you get stronger or weaker see you get stronger you get stronger you get stronger but it's not it's not like it's not like some great big package that shows up all at once it, it just, it's, it's over time. It's, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. It's a pilgrimage. 
He said, go home and buy land. And the church's net worth, that was June of 2001. Our net worth was 2.47 million. And we had, get this, I looked it up. June 30, 2001, the church had $1,021,000 on hand. So we had the million dollars because I'd obeyed God and I set that money aside. I've been taking action on that word from the Lord and that's how we had that million twenty-one thousand. And it was only after I obeyed the voice of God and set that million dollars aside, million dollars aside, that two months later he said, go home and buy land. See, people are, they're waiting on God for some word from the Lord and they don't hear from the Lord. Well, that's because the last 15 times they heard from the Lord, they didn't do what the Lord said do. So there comes a point in time, listen, there comes a point in time, he just passes you over. And I'll say this, when, when he spoke to me in February of 1997 and told me to give him the money for the roof on the church, I knew that I knew that I knew. And I didn't take offense at it. I knew that I knew that I knew that I was not number one on the list. I was not number two on the list. I wasn't even three or four or five or six. I was, because God had talked to this guy and God had talked to that guy and, and he works through the list and he gets to me. And that is how you have power with God. You say, yes, sir, I'll do it. Like Gideon, like David. That's how you have power with God. And so, <laughs> June, July, August, September, October, November, five months later, November of 21, we bought this land. And even with $750,000 down at 6.5%, we had to go up real hard because the payments were $27,000 a month. And our payments up at I-30 had been $10,000 a month, but we hadn't been making payments since we paid that place off. So all of a sudden, we went from zero payments to $27,000 a month, but we just, you know, gulped and pulled the trigger. And also, with regard to that building project, God spoke to me on Wednesday evening, August 13, this one, August 13, 2003, and said something wonderful is about to happen. August 13, 2003, yet it was another year before we were able even to start construction on this building. See, all of... All of the, you got all these Christians out here and they're, they're wanting to go to the next level but they haven't obeyed God at the level they're at. You know, and my problem is I want to I wanna do more maybe than I'm even ready for. I'd like to be the person that gives the $10 million. I don't see how I could do that. And I might get in trouble trying too hard in the natural to do that, but I'd like to be the one. See, because all things are possible. All things are possible. Amen. All things are possible. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you this. I know this. I know this. He doesn't talk to me too much about current events, but if he did, that 10 million would be easy to come by. I mean, if, if, if I knew what the Holy Spirit knows, that 10 million would be easy to come by. But he doesn't, <laughs> he rarely talks to me about current events, uh, very rarely. But, you know, sir, you know, that, that could be fixed. Amen. If you don't obey God at the level you're at, how, how in the world are, are, do you, can you expect God to, to get to the next level? 
See, and that's why we're always saying, just start where you are. Just start where you are. Just take action where you are. And, and don't let Satan make you feel bad about the day of small things. Because the Bible specifically addresses this. To despise not the day of small beginnings. And so if the Lord speaks to you to give $100, don't, don't, don't be bad-mouthing what God has told you to do. Well, that ain't nothing. That's not going to make a difference. What difference is that going to make? That's not the point. The point is to hear him and to do what he says. You hear all that noise? Yeah, that's called rain. We're very grateful for it in Texas. But in the next auditorium, we're not going to have that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I love him. He's my daddy. He's my shepherd. He led me. He guided me. We started out, man, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't see any of this. But he comes along and he says, you know, give this money or do that. And I, I've renewed my mind. Sometimes here a few years back, I, I stood up to preach and I saw a missionary back here. There was a time in my life I would have thought, well, what does he want? But I, I renewed my mind and I thought, goody, here's an opportunity to sow some seed. Amen. And so we received an offering for that missionary on that Sunday. Amen. I love it. So all told, we have 2.551, actually 2.552 million in this 55 acres, but as well off as Faith Christian Center is, we couldn't even think about buying 55 acres on an expressway in Arlington, Texas, let alone a right-hand hard exit. It just it wouldn't be possible. Then in January of 2018, when the Lord told me to, then in January of 2018, the Lord told me to quit fooling around and get Faith Christian Center paid off. And so what did I do? What did old Pastor Gene do? Man, I just started in on it, just took action again. And it just took 34 months. In January, and by November of 2020, we had it all paid off. See, so people want to come along and they want to act like, you know, uh, how did you do this? And, uh, you know, uh, they, they give me this beef and problem. You have so much and I have so little. That's not my problem. That's your problem. Because God is no respecter of persons. Both the Old and New Testament say God is no respecter of persons. And I'll tell you the real deal right now is going on right now. We're facing it right now. And that is this. These, these ministers come. They come from other countries. They come from other states. And they ask me, how did you do this? And there's not been one yet that liked the answer. Because they, they want me to tell them, you know, uh, have a seance or do a Daniel fast or lay, let me lay hands on you or I'll anoint you with oil. They want some shortcut. John Osteen used to say, we don't have any shortcuts to share with you because there are no shortcuts. And I've told all these ministers that come from other states or other countries the same thing and they don't want to hear it. And that is this. You stand in the same place for 39 years and you teach the word of God without apology and all this happens. Amen. But they don't want to hear that. They want to hear about a shortcut. And then worse than that, they want what we've got.
That's the spirit in the culture. And now it's in the church. We want, they want what we got. Yeah, but they, they, they didn't take those 25 steps. Can you see that? This is not luck. This is not chance. Tell your neighbor, there's no luck to it. Tell the neighbor on the other side, there's no chance to it. You know, I started, I started off tonight talking about a healing testimony. There's no luck or chance to it. You know what the key to the whole deal is? The key to the whole deal? The key to the whole deal? Luke 18, 1. Jesus said, men should always pray and never give up. When you give up, you're done. So if you need healing, you always pray and you never give up. If you need a house paid off, you always pray you never give up. You get up tomorrow morning and you go to battle again. And you get up Friday morning and you go to battle again. And you get up and you just keep, what did Summerall say? Lester Summerall, my primary mentor in the gospel. You just do the next right thing. And then one day you look up and you got there and you think, wow, seemed hard when I started, but now it doesn't seem so hard. But I can't think about that right now because the Lord's telling me to do all this other stuff. I got, I got more places to go, things to do, uh, giants to kill, land to take. So I can't stop. I got to press on. Amen. Amen. So what a privilege, what, a, what an honor to know him. What a privilege, what an honor to serve him. What a privilege. And here it is. This is the key to the whole thing. And I know people, it's a four-letter word nobody wants to hear about. What a privilege, what an honor it is to obey him. I love it. And I'm telling you, he pays his help. Hallelujah. He takes care of his help. Hallelujah. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can talk about Hamas and Israel and Iran and interest rates and the Federal Reserve and, and all of it. It makes no never mind to me because I know this. The one that I have believed in has got me covered from here to the catching away of the church. And he constantly, he always leads us in triumphal procession. And it's going to be victory after victory. And we are going to overcome and we are going to prevail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if we have something goes wrong in us, we're going to get healed of it. Amen. Amen. The devil's defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. See, if you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. If ye be willing and obedient, not just willing, obedient, not just obedient, willing. Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, t tells a story about that, that, that he, he left the last church he pastored and he went out on the road and after a year, he was broke. His, t his car was uh, all broke down. He had four bald tires and he said he was driving home that night. It seemed like the tires were singing. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Because he didn't have any more meetings lined up. And he went to the Lord about it. Fasted. I think it was three days. Went to the Lord about it. Fasted. And the Lord spoke to him and said, well, the trouble with you is you don't practice what you preach. And he said, Lord, you hit me a low blow. 
I do too. I do practice what I preach. And the Lord brought to him Isaiah 119. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And he said, well, I, I, I did obey you. You told me to leave that last church and go out on the road and teach your people faith. I obeyed you. And the Lord said, yeah, but you weren't willing. And there's a lot of peer pressure. He used to tell the story. He bought his first Cadillac in Fort Worth. And, you know, he went to a minister's meeting after he bought his first Cadillac. And a minister said to him, he said, Now, Brother Hagan, does a minister of the gospel really need to drive a car like that? And he said, Well, brother, he said, If you don't, he said, If I'm not going to fall out with you for having Chevrolet faith, you shouldn't fall out with me for having Cadillac faith. But there's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of peer pressure to conform. And we, haven't we seen that the last three years? There's a lot of peer pressure to conform. No, I'm not interested in conforming. I'm interested in the will of my Father. He says, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. Let me wrap up with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say it this way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack no good thing. The Lord is my shepherd, I have need of nothing. See, that should be our perspective. So when the Lord comes along and he tells you to do this or he tells you to do that, don't chafe. Don't, you know, the, the King James term, kick against the bricks. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't harden your heart by saying no to God. And he's not going to start with some big number. He's not going to start with some big number. He's going he's to lead you and guide you. He may tell you to take groceries to somebody you know that lost their job. I don't know. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He's not talking about Arizona there. He's talking about, you know, green pastures, still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So we're not to fear anything. And that's one reason I was able to stand strong in 2020 because I'm just not... I mean, I've meditated on the Word of God to where I'm not just gonna, I'm just not going to be afraid. They're not going to con me into being afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. Amen? Amen. Not going to be afraid. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. <laughs> so I, I love having churches on highways. Pastor, how come we always have to be on an expressway? So the enemies can drive by. Amen. You know, I pass churches all the time out in the back end of nowhere, and I think, you know, they did a good job for where they are. But that's not my thing. That's not my thing. My thing is being on the highway. Amen. Amen. My thing is being, you know, to where the enemies can drive by and say, I left him. You know, they drive by, I left him in 84, I left him in 85, I left him in 86. I, I mean, you know, by the thousands, they drive by, amen. I just knew he'd go under, no, 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 never miss their $100, no. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Hallelujah, I, 
I'm here to tell you, I mean, next year, can you believe I'm going to celebrate my 70th birthday next year? And I'm down to one thing I need to be healed of, something Satan did to me when I was about eight years old. And, and, and it's coming. I mean, I, I, he's healed me of everything else. So apparently, I mean, we're, we're going to get there. Amen, 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 amen. Every need met, every bill paid, every, amen. And, and the build phase two and pay it off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Something to do just for the heck of it, just to prove it can be done. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then when I get done whipping the devil's backside in the name of Jesus, when I get done getting everything healed, when I get done doing everything God told me to do, when I get done serving God to the best of my abilities in my day, when I get done kicking the devil's backside, when I get done doing what God told me to do, when it's all done, when it's all over, then I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. There's no downside. There's no downside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just, takes, just takes a little bit of, you know, just takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of guts to get going. But once you get going, man, just once you, once you get going, once you get going. Any of you guys ever pushed a car that stalled out? Let me see your hand if you ever pushed a car that stalled out. What's the hardest part of pushing a car that stalls out? The first two or three feet. But once you get the thing going, you know, then, you know, get some momentum going. But I'm telling you, when you will do the written word of God and then you will do what God tells you to do in prayer when you're sitting in a service or by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. When you take action on the word of God, you get stronger. Then you take action on the word of God, you get stronger. Then you, and stronger and, and it's like a freight train going down the tracks. Now let's try and stop that. Unbelievable power when we do what God says do. And just think, just think everything the world's been going through this month, just think everything the world's been going through this month all goes back to those children of Israel all those years ago, including Joshua, God bless them, and they did not do what God said do. And here the earth is paying the price thousands of years later. So let us not shrink back. Let us stand tall and believe God Amen. for these are the last days and let us do what God calls us to do and let us finish this thing strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.